0: Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and Director of Community Relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania, and this is the Be Inspired Podcast. My guests and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain A new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. We're here today. With um, our art historian, or our historian, on artist and um, general renaissance man, Bob Wood, who also acts as the gallery adjunct for Studio B. Thank you for being with us today, Bob. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) It's always so. Bob and I just set up Studio B for a birthday party that will occur tomorrow, run by Destiny Bigler, and uh, we're very excited when people come into the studio to use it to have fun and to learn things, right? Right. Sounds good. But I've asked Bob to join us today to, as I've been doing, asking folks to tell us about their passion. This is the Be Inspired podcast, Bob. Mm -hmm. So... What I want to ask you about today is, what inspires you?
1: Gee, it varies from time to time.
0: Can you be a little more <laughs> explicit?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, basically, I'm a reader, and and a writer.
0: And 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 an
1: artist. I've been I've been preparing. I have a show with uh, Lisa Mueller here at Studio B in September, and I've been tinkering around with that. I have a few pieces that uh, I like, and uh, and so it goes. And well, I'm doing my uh, history talks here at Studio B. Folks might be interested. Uh, The next one would be uh, March 22. History of the Gilbertsville Sale. it's called Zerns, of course, but back in the day, when I was a boy on the farm, it was always called the sale or the Gilbertsville sale. I want to talk about, in, the, in my presentation on it, uh, the, uh, the history of Zerns, the old days, basically before the fire. It, the Zerns burned in 1966, and then it was rebuilt. But uh, the, the Zerns as I remember it, and is what I want to talk about, which is the pre-fire Zerns, the old Zerns, and the historic Zerns, and uh, inviting people to bring their stories about that <clears throat> well but, so zerns
0: was such a popular place when i was in high school my friends worked there yeah. my relatives went there to you know to buy their groceries and it was a place where people (laughs) went to have fun, to meet one another and...
1: I have a number of photographs back from around 1950 and all the men are in neckties, hats and neckties, the women in coats with with, uh, fur collars. and uh, but the the old original Zerns was 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 unique. My my dad would often shop there. We didn't have any, we had very little money. He had very little money. So there was a long row of a produce. Uh, I guess they were Italian folks from South Philly. The South Philly produce markets They bring trucks up, and then along on Saturday around nine thirty, ten o'clock, when everything was wrapping up and packing, that rather than take this stuff back again, they deeply discounted. And if they were like. So, say, cantaloupes or something were, you know, a dollar a piece or 50 cents a piece. By 10 o'clock at night, they'd be four for a dollar, five for a dollar. Wow. And it's a
0: place to be. I remember it it well. Yeah, and— Now, Bob, you do history talks all over the place. I do. Okay. So your schedule here at at Studio B, um, well, began for the spring— March 15th, but the 22nd is the sale. And then following that, do you want to just review the schedule briefly?
1: Sure. Um, April 19th, I'm talking about garden beds. Uh, the first German immigrants arrived here in 1683 and laying out garden beds and designs that Europeans have used, well, since, since Roman times. Um, they're all different. <clears throat> they're all different kinds of beds, but basically they're beds arranged that you could walk around them. And there's raised beds and talk a bit about raised beds too and all the all the historical restorations that i know of they're all doing raised beds and raised beds works if you have really wet soil but if you have dry soil like we Mm. do in new hanover where i come from if your raised beds get really dry so they were beds but they're all different kinds of beds Anyway, anyway that's that part and then uh, april twenty i'm talking about chickens
0: <laughs> my chickens favorite topic and let me just say that chickens are a very popular subject for the artists around here we they get are. many chicken paintings and we sell many chicken pieces of art
1: chickens sell <laughs>
0: <laughs> people love chickens.
1: yeah they, now of course chickens are popular now but uh i grew up in a chicken farm my dad had chickens we we, we lived on chickens um mm. This was back in the '40s and '50s when uh, you know you could make a living with a couple thousand chickens, which you can't now. But a lot of chickens in the old day. I mean, in the old (laughs) old days, most every farm, and many non-farms too, they hosted a flock of these. They're free-ranging and self-sufficient chickens. Back in back in the day, Mm -hmm. you did not pay attention to them. You didn't take care of them. The kids went out and collected the eggs, and they took care of themselves.
0: Yeah, Uh, my friend uh, Jody Holber. Um, raises chickens and she introduces me and they have all sorts of names and they're all feathered differently. they're absolutely yeah. beautiful they're very beautiful my, yes my cousin Gail in Massachusetts raises chickens and there's a funny story that I won't tell this morning or this afternoon about the rooster who was making way too much noise and Gail suggested that the rooster needed a lesson so Lenny took care of me what can I tell you <laughs> we won't <laughs> what else you got Bob um
1: um, May third. Talk about Mountain Mary. Um, oh. there's there's the thing that bothers me, or that, that I read a lot of things about Mountain Mary, and in newspapers, in articles, and so on, and online. And most of that story, most of that stuff, there's not a particle of evidence to support it. Not a particle of evidence to support so much of what's written about Mountain Mary. This stuff's just been made up. Um, I want to talk about the real story of Mountain Mary and disentangle the truth of the story from all the the fiction. Um, the real mischief was done when there was a book about Mountain Mary printed in Germany, oh, in the late nineteenth century, and it's a total work of fiction. It's totally made up, and that was translated into English, and people think, oh, this is this is translated from German. This is the real thing. This is the real deal. And there's not a, anyway. I want to straighten out this. Well, book. let
0: me ask you something. Your <laughs> Audience, which, by the way, you attract from all over the place. It constantly surprises me how far away people live <laughs> to come to listen to me, you. Me too. You, you are very popular no, I that. guy. Anyway, will your audience come with their own stories? Do they ever get uh, rebellious on you and and, and 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 argue with you. and argue with you? Yes. Thank not, you.
1: Not about that.
0: They've argued about other things. But,
1: uh, <laughs> but not about that. Not about Mountain Mary. Okay.
0: Uh, all right, all right. Now, I'm you've sure. written how many books four. on historical subjects? Yeah. Is there a fifth in the works, Bob? There is not. <laughs> That's a definite.
1: No. Uh, no.
0: Okay, I interrupted you.
1: Go but ahead. Anyway, no, the four books are about, um, they're titled Swamp, New Hanover. Uh, the area where I come from, uh, along the uh, Minister Creek and Swamp Creek, was called, The you old know, Pennsylvania Dutch, it was Schramm, which means like meadows, lowlands or meadows. It, it's not swamp. It's anglicized, a swamp, but it's not. It's basically, in those days, it would have been New Hanover Meadows. Oh, lovely. Which sort of sounds like a housing development. But uh, <laughs> so uh, Anyway, um, finally, on May 24th, I'm going to talk about why our immigrant ancestors left Central Europe in the first place. And shortly, it's, you know, there were awful wars. There was bitter cold. It was the Little Ice Age, which wasn't an ice age. It was a period of extremely cold, unsettled weather. Starvation, taxes, religious persecution, and then it got worse. Fun times. Fun, fun times. It was just impossible. Fun so they, times. Yeah, they they took a chance with uh, with getting in. I mean, you took your life in, in, in your hands getting in those ships in those days, tiny little ships and launching out in the Atlantic in, in hurricane seasons when they came here. Uh, so anyway,
0: you have a lot to offer well, now. No, thank you. Yes, as a reader yes. and a writer, I uh, you have um, written. A half a dozen or so, actually seven, I think, pieces for our books and poetry that come out here mm. t- during our exhibit that, that uh, includes literary and visual art. And one of the, your pieces focused on a poet by the name of Elizabeth Bishop. And you're doing some research and reading on her right now. Do you, you want know, to talk about a, that a little bit?
1: I could. It's just a, a person of interest as they say, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Bishop is, is is a poet's poet, one said. Uh, I guess that means she doesn't have many readers, but uh, <laughs> she, she's. Uh, I, I became aware of her not through the poetry, but for all the critical commentary that was written about her. Now she was she was writing. Uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. I mean, we're talking about uh, half a century ago. But the big critics of the time, Robert Lowell and Randall Jarrell and the, the hotshot critics, could not get over praising her work. And uh, she won a Pulitzer Prize around 1950 or thereabouts. And uh, so uh, she was living at that time with a companion in Brazil. And so uh, ver- a very interesting life. Um, brutal, uh, Brutally a brutally uh, disrupted childhood, which may be the source of her, her art.
0: Well, does she represent uh, artists that you, or writers or poets that you have come across in terms of the tone of their writing, or their background stories, or the contexts in which they write? The critics
1: praise her as being the the most the most crafted work. I mean, it is the most carefully carefully crafted work. Um, and I find it, I mean, it's its good, it's remarkable. I don't know, it don't sing to me. <laughs> um, not like T.S. Eliot or Wallace Stevens does. It don't sing.
0: I've uh, heard you speak about writers and maybe also artists also whose lives are troubled. Yes. Talk about that a minute.
1: Well, uh, my wife and I often talk about, you know, uh, now, we're, we're not good as artists. We're not, we're not. Uh, unhappy not enough. Unhappy. we no, not <laughs> screwed up enough. Uh, we're not unhappy enough. Yeah. Um, many, many times. I mean, there, there are some writers that had like normal lives, normal childhood, normal career. Wallace Stevens comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Major, major 20th century American poet who had entirely normal life and, and uh, he was a vice president of an insur hartford insurance in, in Connecticut and so but uh most of your artists really had, had some trauma repeated trauma and it sort of the source of their art uh not all of them. picasso wasn't wasn't traumatized he just traumatized everybody around him but uh, <laughs> he was uh, but frequently uh the you know, it's the wound, the, the, the art flows from the wound. If there's no wound, there's no, no art, usually. So, anyway.
0: And yet, art inspires us mm-hmm. in certain kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Can we go back just a little bit into your own personal history? You were a teacher. I was. Okay, you're an artist, you're a historian, you're a writer, back on the farm. What inspired your direction?
1: Well, it's hard to say. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, I think back in our, you know, my brothers and my our childhood or basically I was born in 1945. I was born during World War Two um, and um, we were really poor. I didn't realize it at the time. No idea. I realized at the time that we were so poor and that, uh, you know, money wise mm-hmm. and all. But uh, looking back now, it was it was the most rich, diverse and rich childhood. Yes, we were bored, yes, we are this, yes, we are that, but the, the whole way that we grew up, it really, really worked. Um, when I came home from school, my parents were always there. I knew exactly where they were. My mother would be in the house somewhere, doing it in, in the kitchen room. My father would be out, he was a farmer. And the parents were always there. It was really a very stable childhood. But uh, where does the art come from? Who knows? Um, So much, I think, of our personality is inborn. I mean, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's just there. Um,
0: And so you find yourself inspired. Today, though, how do you get the inspiration for your paintings?
1: Oh, God, who knows?
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me. (laughs) Back in the day when I was teaching, and Bob was newly retired, he had an art show, an art exhibit at the Bruin Gallery in the high school. Yes, remember it well. Uh, yes. And I was, uh, the art teachers at the time were encouraging us in the other genre, the other fields of study, to take our students to the art gallery to, you know, expose them to art and whatnot. And so I. Made an appointment with you to bring my students to see your show. However, you didn't. See now wait, wait, wait. Let me finish my story. Okay, and so I figured I could work it into my curriculum by uh, using it as an active listening lesson. So, in preparation for a visit to to your to your show, I had the students develop questions. You should have told me. <laughs> questions and I promised them that I would be listening for their their intelligent questions for their ability to give you positive reinforcement and feedback and perhaps to ask um, um, other questions and I would be evaluating them on their listening skills. (laughs) You should have told me. We went to the Bruin Gallery and the kids they were awesome. They and these were general students okay and so they had their questions all prepared. Good. And <laughs> your responses to all their questions, like what motivates you, and can you talk a little bit about the you know uh, the well, ask, background ask, of ask so. to do these questions? OK. Anyway, and uh, your your answer to all of my students' questions was, I don't know.) <laughs> <laughs>
1: What does it mean? I don't know. I just painted it. It doesn't mean anything. It means whatever you want it to mean. It
0: exactly. Mean... It know. was the funniest show. I just loved it. And you and I revisited that um that, that those. those uh... If you would have
1: told me what you were doing with your class, I would have played the game. Oh, well,
0: you know, I thought you're an English teacher, you would be able to respond nah. articulately. <laughs>
1: nah, no chance.
0: I just, you know, it...
1: I, answered honest, I answered honestly. What does it mean? Nothing. What do your paintings mean? Well, there
0: you oh, go. They mean nothing. They are what they are. They are what they are, they don't mean anything. But what I hear you talk you? about oh, form and composition yeah, and color all composition and matters. all those color kinds matters. of things. It not matter. But it you uh, were not prepared or not interested in discussing well, that with my just, students at the time. Just, it was funny. It was just,
1: I had just made these, <laughs> I had just made these paintings. <laughs> I actually started painting with the junior high kids. Like the, oh, anyway, tell about career. that. Well, That's fun. Well, That's just fine. Be, just before I retired, back in the from maybe 1995, a couple years before I retired, I was out in East Junior High East, in those big cavernous open spaces, and I had this huge area, and we used to, I was, I used to, oh, uh, I used to have the kids, I had a lot of art materials around because I've always felt that the the English and art department is the natural uh, match up. Uh, they education industry always wanted to match English and social studies, English and history, and English doesn't match with history at all, it it matches with the art department, so anyway uh, I had a lot of art materials around and we used to use like illustrating a story or illustrating a poem or uh, even a vocabulary word, Uh, draw a painting like this, you know Show this vocabulary word in a mm-hmm. painting, or
0: show this something in this oh, and the kids thing. were tremendously creative in yeah. doing things yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah they they were yeah, they're, they're,
1: they're good and I used to use uh cheap supplies, wrapping paper, brown wrapping paper to paint on, and uh, cheap supplies um,
0: so, so so you're in the classroom I
1: mean you know we're in the, we're in the classroom then. and kids being kids, they're making these these little. These little small little drawing, type, little doodly type things. I'm saying, no, 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 give me that brush. And you you dip the dip the uh, brush up to your knuckles in the paint bucket. And oh, you, and you, and you paint how descriptive! Big, 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 big. big. Yeah. Now make it big. So, so uh, <laughs> here, give me that. Let me show you. And uh, you know, at the end, when I'm done, I look at what I've done and say, "Well, now that don't look too bad. Um, It kind of looks like art." Yeah, uh, and we used to tack stuff up. Those huge bulletin board areas and those open areas, we tack stuff up, and kids tack all their their writing and, and so on. So then,
0: upon your retirement, you took that particular lesson into your own studio at your home. Yeah, and created yeah, paintings yeah, I guess I guess on brown wrapping paper. On brown
1: wrapping paper, yes, and and still do. And
0: and and, uh, and house paint. House paint on wrapping paper, yeah. That now your best. wife. Yeah beloved wife. Yes, Sam Lee. Yes. She is a skilled educated artist. How does she respond to your work? Very maritably. <laughs> ver- <laughs> Yeah, She's very supportive, I'm sure. She's supportive.
1: She's a a watercolorist. And as we know, there's no more difficult medium than watercolor because you can't mess around with it. You have one shot at it. And uh, you can't go back and paint over it and paint over it and paint over it like I do.
0: Okay, so I'm hearing the things that inspire you throughout your life. Living on the farm. Yeah. Chopping wood. Oh, yes. Chop a lot of wood. Reading poetry. Yeah, reading stuff. Reading. And researching the history of... Pennsylvania Dutch folk culture. There you go. And writing about that. And still doing that and giving presentations for Mm -hmm. assorted groups. And Mm -hmm. you're a busy guy. Well... And here you are at Studio B being our gallery adjunct. Yes. And helping us do whatever it is we need to be doing. I tell you what, Bob, you have more stories to tell. I do. And more experiences (laughs) to share. And I think we must schedule another time to get back... And chat with you, but thank you so much for coming today and chatting with us at the Be Inspired Podcast. <laughs> Take care now. Okay, see you later. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired Podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired Podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor. Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.